Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, November 30th. Christmas is just 25 days away. On this date in 1782, the U.S. and Britain signed preliminary peace articles in Paris to end the Revolutionary War. And on this date in 1993, President Bill Clinton signed the Brady Bill. The law requires a five-day waiting period for handgun purchases and background checks of prospective buyers. For your morning trivia on this Thursday, on this date in 1977, TV viewers watched a Bing Crosby Christmas special in which the crooner sang a duet of The Little Drummer Boy. Who was his singing partner on that song, though? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's check in at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center to see what to expect on your Thursday forecast. Hey, good Thursday morning to you. meteorologist Joey Sovine. Lots of frost out there. Cold first thing this morning, but warming up pretty quickly. We'll be near 60 degrees by lunchtime. A few high clouds will start to increase just a little bit today. High temperatures this afternoon, low 60s. Won't be nearly as chilly this evening or overnight tonight. Lows will be in the mid to upper 40s. Tomorrow afternoon, 74. Comes with more clouds, small chance of rain on our Friday and then for our weekend highs around 70 Saturday and Sunday but we do have an increased chance of rain looks like showers will become likely late in the day on Saturday you're listening to morning y'all your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the low country's news leader live five news now let's get to your morning headlines this morning, the Burton Fire District responded to two house fires in a span of 24 hours. The first fire was reported on Hodge Drive in Burton just before 10 Tuesday night. Crews say it was caused by an electrical issue after finding the flames in a closet with a water heater. No one was hurt, thankfully, but the family was displaced. The second fire happened on Cornelius Drive in Seabrook around 6.30 yesterday night. Crews arrived to find a fire coming through the roof of a one-story home. Luckily, that family did safely escape. Here's a look at that second fire. The family was displaced and is now being helped by the Red Cross. Officials believe a candle started the fire. A low country judge under fire for lenient sentences and bond decisions will not serve a second term. Only half the Judicial Merit Selection Commission voted for Circuit Court Judge Bentley Price to move forward in the selection process. Since Price lacks the votes, he'll no longer be a judge when his term expires in June of next year. Price was previously deemed unqualified by the State Bar Association, and we've brought you multiple stories from families of victims upset over his rulings and conduct. We spoke with another concerned family who says Price granted bond to the defendant accused of murdering their son and two others, even though that defendant was already out on bond for separate attempted murder and weapons charges. We reached out to Price, but have not heard back. His friends and supporters, however, say it's a major loss to the low country to not have Price on the bench. The same selection commission found that the prosecutor in a separate controversial trial is qualified and nominated to fill the second judicial circuit seat, too. Solicitor David Miller helped put together Bowen Turner's plea deal. You see him right there on your screen where he pled guilty to a lesser charge and was given probation after initially being accused of raping two girls as a teenager. Miller faces two other candidates for that seat. The nominations will be voted on by lawmakers in February. It's now been seven years since 20-year-old Nicholas Valentine was shot and killed in his car at a Goose Creek apartment complex. Every single year since that murder, his father, Paul, goes to the scene and holds a sign begging for information. This year was no different. Two men were arrested and charged with the murder of Nicholas, but a year later, those charges were dropped. 
Paul is offering $10,000 to anyone who has information on his son's murder. He says he hopes someone will come forward, not just for his family, but for the safety of the entire community. Opioids continue to be the primary cause of overdose deaths in recent years. That's according to the Department of Health and Environmental Control. Now, to combat this, the Charleston Police Department is working with other law enforcement agencies and community partners to educate you about overdoses and the value of Narcan. A series of Narcan training and overdose pre- prevention seminars begins tonight. Live 5's Destiny Kennedy joins us live from the Charleston Police Department. So, Destiny, have officials seen an increase in overdoses recently? Katie Shelby, officials here at the Charleston Police Department say actually the numbers are down for overdoses in the city. There were about 54 deadly incidents in the first six months of the year, and the numbers from November look like they're going to be down as well. Officials believe this is due to educating the public on overdoses and providing Narcan to the community. CPD is part of a large coalition with most area law enforcement agencies, including Mount Pleasant, North Charleston, and Charleston County Sheriff's Department. Additionally, the department partners with organizations like Favor Low Country, Charleston, Center and Wake Up Carolina. To help better track overdoses, these law enforcement agencies and community partners communicate and follow up with victims with resources through a fairly new system called SIMS. I spoke with Shelby Joffrin, who is the Comprehensive Opioid Simulant and Substance Use Program Project Coordinator at CPD. She explains why it's important for everyday citizens to be educated on overdoses. This is something that touches every single demographic, income level, education level. It does not matter. It has touched all of us in some way, not only overdose, but substance use disorder. It is a reality in our society. There are a total of six 45-minute training sessions starting tonight. The training will begin with informational videos talking about what substance use disorder is, how it occurs, and how someone using painkillers and opioids in a legal way can turn illicit. At these training sessions, you will learn how to administer Narcan, and there will also be an opportunity for an open discussion. The first training session kicks off tonight from 6 to 7 p.m. at the James Island Public Library. Participants are encouraged to RSV ahead of time. And if you can't make it tonight, there are other sessions at a later date for those times and locations. You can head over to this web story at live5news.com. Reporting live in Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Goose Creek City Council held a workshop to hear the results of a citywide bike and path plan survey. It's all part of a 2021 connectivity master plan. Now, the survey is a part of the five E's approach, engineering, education, encouragement, enforcement and evaluation. City officials say evaluation, while last on the list, is essential to learn the current state of the program and its needs. Officials say, as expected, safer crosswalks, improvements to existing sidewalks, and requests for more multi-use paths were the main points of feedback. The city of Charleston says it's now hiring consultants and making progress with the Gullah Geechee Heritage Preservation Project. Charleston city officials hosted a pre-proposal meeting to discuss the consultants who'll work with 25 members of a cohort 
representing these communities to achieve a wide range of cultural and historic preservation goals. That cohort was selected last month to work on documenting historic sites and districts to nominate for the National Register of Historic Places. City Council approved an over $100,000 award back in April to help with preservation efforts. We know that the funds that we have available um, through this grant will only scratch the surface and that the need is vast. And so sustainability is going to be really important to look at the long-term needs um, and partnerships and resources that it will take. The deadline for proposals for the project is January 8th, with the city deciding who will work alongside the cohorts by the end of that month or early February. Charleston is continuing its fight against plastic pollution in the city by trying to close a loophole. Right now, the city has a ban on single-use plastic bags, but officials say some big box stores are making their bags thick enough to be considered reusable to skirt around the city's definition of a reusable carryout bag. Tuesday night, city council made steps toward clarifying that definition. And with two more readings, city officials hope the updated ordinance will reduce plastic waste. This week, Democratic presidential hopeful Marianne Williamson is bringing her campaign back to the low country. She'll start her campaign swing in Mount Pleasant with a 1230 luncheon event at Matt O'Neill Real Estate, followed by a meet and greet at Buxton Books in Charleston at 6 p.m. She'll then head to Beaufort for a 2 p.m. event at United Church on Duke Street and Myrtle Beach on Sunday before rounding out her trip in the Midlands and upstate. Williamson was last in the Palmetto State earlier this month when she filed for the Democratic primary. On the heels of her large financial endorsement, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley took her presidential campaign to New Hampshire. And she addressed a crowded event space with her speech, then spoke further on abortion and immigration issues at the border. Haley tried finding some common ground on abortion by asking if everyone could agree to encourage adoption and ban late-term abortions. She says the bans her opponents are promising are unrealistic. When you talk about a federal bill, which is what they're talking about in this presidential election. This is where they're not telling you the truth. The only way to pass a federal law is if you have a majority of the House, 60-60 Senate votes, and a signature of a president. We haven't had 60 Republican senators in 100 years. We might have 45 pro-life senators. So no Republican president can ban Abortion, any more than a Democrat president can ban these state laws. Haley went on to claim Democrats are putting fear into people regarding abortions. She says while Republicans are judgmental about the topic, she's calling for voters to stop allowing the issue to divide them. Former President Donald Trump posted on Truth Social that replacing Obamacare is still a top priority for him. Trump says that Republicans should not give up on repealing Obamacare while looking for other alternatives. He said... Getting much better health care than Obamacare for the American people will be a priority of the Trump administration. It's an issue that Trump was unable to address while he was in office. And as before, he's not released details about a potential alternative to the Affordable Care Act. At the beginning of the show, I told you that Bing Crosby sang a duet of The Little Drummer Boy on his Christmas special. His singing partner was rocker David Bowie. If you haven't already heard that famous duet on the radio as we edge closer to Christmas, you surely will soon. Celebrating birthdays on this Thursday, singer Billy Idol is 68. Actor-director Ben Stiller is 58. Singer Clay Aiken is 45. Actress Kaylee Cuoco from The Big Bang Theory is 38. And actress Christelle Khalil of The Young and the Restless turns 36. 
Thank you so much for joining us for morning, y'all. Hope you have a great Thursday. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning, y'all, is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.